Welcome everyone to episode 36 of Down to Play. I'm your host Dapper Tux, along with Next Gen Player. For this show, we'll be giving you our reviews of Amnesia, Rebirth, and Resident Evil Village, the PS5 exclusive Maiden demo. Plus, Next Gen is reviewing Pacer on PS4 and Prinny 1. Dash 2, Exploded, and Reloaded on Nintendo Switch. Before we start, I'd just like to give a special thanks to the game publishers for providing copies of the games for this episode. It's time to head to Algeria to confront our biggest fears in Amnesia Rebirth on PS4. Ten years after the launch of their critically acclaimed game, Amnesia The Dark Descent, Frictional Games is back with their much-anticipated horror sequel, Amnesia Rebirth. Amnesia Rebirth is not a direct sequel to The Dark Descent. It's not necessary to play the original game in order to enjoy Rebirth. There are loose connections between the games though. The story of Amnesia Rebirth goes a little something like this. You play as Tassie, a French archaeologist on an expedition to colonial Africa. En route, her airplane crashes and she wakes up to discover all of her companions have vanished. She then sets through a variety of environments from scorched deserts and dark caves to forgotten ruins and alien landscapes to find her crew and a way out of this nightmare. Uh, next gen, what were some things that you liked about this uh, <laughs> terrifying tale, if, if like is the right word? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't actually play the first game, so I haven't played Amnesia The Dark Descent, but um, Amnesia Rebirth I actually thought was pretty good. It's definitely scary. Immediately after I finished this game, I went and I picked up the Amnesia Collection, so I've just got that downloaded now on my PS5. Uh, it was actually, like, I don't know if you saw my, my tweet, but uh, the Amnesia Collection was on sale. I think it was something like 90% off. And it was it was selling for two dollars on PSN. <laughs> so, um, you know, good good way to promote Amnesia Rebirth. It's basically like giving your first games away for free, right? Yeah, and that's the very definition of of cheap thrills, right there for sure. High quality cheap thrills, but man, oh man, you're a glutton for punishment. So after playing through this game, you wanted to go back for even more. I I see. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is, like, I I actually really liked Amnesia Rebirth and. I was just talking to a bunch of people and they said that the first game is even better. So um, if it's even better, then I definitely have to play that. But the first thing that I thought was really cool, really interesting in, in this game is that there is um, a matches and a lantern mechanic with it. So you basically like as soon as you start, you're you're in a plane crash, you end up going to Algeria and Africa, you go into this like creepy cave and then that is when the terror begins because you know the airplane part and the in the desert part well, it's not too scary you're outside or you're you're alone but like nothing's after you but inside the cave it suddenly like i went to this one spot and it's just pitch dark like there's no light at all whatsoever and but you can actually find matches on the ground and so i was like okay so let's use the matches but Man, like I, I want to get your thoughts on this too, but like those matches, they don't last long at all. <laughs> they're, they're no, not at all. And if you move around too quickly, you you extinguish it by accident, right? And there there's only so many of them, so it's it's not an infinite resource by any means. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's it really plays on on just so many fears at once, even in terms of being in confined spaces, like you're in in tight caverns constantly, you can't see what's around you. Yeah, it, it, it really, it really plays on just so many fears and it does it extremely well. Like as you're sitting there playing it or sitting there in your living room, like it still brings out multiple phobias <laughs> as you're playing it. I don't know if you felt the same. Yeah, I was going to say like throughout the game, I sort of had like ups and downs in terms of how scary it was. I thought that the first cave 
of this game was one of the scariest moments I've had in gaming ever. Because the thing is, is that like when you first start, you might, I think I ended up picking up something like five matches or something like that. But I, as you said, like you, like you find out that if you run or if you turn too fast, that you'll extinguish the match. I also found out too that that you can, when you're going through the cave, you can find these lanterns or, or you can find torches, and then you can actually you can light them. But if you light them, that basically like takes all the juice out of your match. So you basically like you know you basically waste the match to get that lantern. But the lantern's stationary, so as soon as you move again, it's dark. And I actually. I ran out of matches in the beginning and I panicked. Like I, I literally like had a, a panic attack. I thought because I, it's pitch dark and I don't know where to go. <laughs> I don't have any matches. Yeah. I don't, I don't know where to find more matches. Like, so, and it's like, but the thing is too, like I said, up and down because you actually end up finding a lantern not too far into the game. And then you, you can find oil. And once I found matches and oil, I tended to have light almost whenever I needed it. But there are a few spots in the game, like I think one was the the catacombs area, um, where I again ran out of everything, and that is like the worst terror, right? Like you have no matches, you have no oil, you are in like essentially pitch dark. And the other thing too, like with this game, is that when you stay in the dark, then you your stress level increases, and as it increases, you start to hallucinate. So that makes it even more scary. And you can actually die if you don't calm yourself down somehow. So you're like in this like major panic trying to find light or shelter or something to to keep you calm. And we still haven't even mentioned the fact that you're you're constantly pursued by these ghouls. And if you look at the ghouls, they don't necessarily kill you. But if you look at them, it sends you into this panic and you just essentially, you know, it's, it's not like a game over, but it, it resets you or pushes you back. So yeah, that, that part I'm going to talk about later is one of my downsides to the game. You're just so afraid of these things that your character can't even look at them. Otherwise, she just kind of spins out into this like violent fit of terror. Uh, but yeah, this, this game definitely, based on I think what we're describing here, it definitely uh, earns every part of that M rating. That's, that's for sure. Yeah, def- definitely. Any, any other things that uh, you were really into uh, like around the game? Like um, any, anything else you had to add? Yeah, I like the environments. I thought the, the environments were like super eerie and, and creepy. Um, I thought that they were a little bit disjointed, to be honest, because you, you sort of like bounce around. Like you're in the desert, you're in a cave, you're in this catacombs, you're in this like abandoned village, you're in like a laboratory you're in i don't know like like some kind of like other dimension or something like that like i don't know you just sort of like every spot is just different so it is a little disjointed in that in that sense but at the same time it does also keep the visual variety going right like every spot just kind of like looks very different than where you are and the other thing that i thought was interesting too is that you know you're very clearly running into i guess like ancient civilizations right like you'll see you'll see like weird architecture and 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 uh language you don't understand and and just like artifacts that are clearly hundreds or thousands of years old so trying to like piece together where you are and what's happening is is one of the biggest uh you know mysteries in this game and then i also like the last thing that i want to touch upon that i really liked with the game is i thought that the, the story overall was was pretty good um 
you you get a piece together so that this is like one of these games where like you find memos and and you, there's like audio memories and stuff like that that you can you can discover um sometimes in games like this i just sort of ignore those i don't necessarily read them for every game but i thought that this one was interesting enough that i read every memo just to sort of figure out you know what's going on and there is actually like a pretty large like overarching story that sort of like reveals itself in the i would say the last like hour or so of the game but uh but yeah i thought it was like really cool to just sort of read those notes from other survivors and What's actually interesting too is like the the game is is obviously titled Amnesia, so your character has amnesia. And one of the most interesting thing that I found is that some of the notes that you find are actually ones that you wrote. <laughs> so you're you're like you're like, hey, that's me. I, I I must have been here. I don't I don't know what I was doing here. I don't know why I <laughs> I wrote this, but here is clearly my note, right? So yeah, and it's... that that's one of the things for me personally that that kept kept bringing me back is the yeah, that idea of I don't know what's going on, but I'm getting bits and pieces of a really interesting story coming. So yeah, it's that that's definitely, and I'll talk about it a little bit more. But that's definitely one of my pluses was the story, the the story experience for this. So yeah, like you said, it just seems really disjointed at first. I think that was purposeful, and it starts to come together a little bit more at the end. And I really like how the developers. There are multiple endings to the game, and depending on you know if you play play a little bit of. Uh, little bit of a trick with the uh, manual save and if you save at a certain point you can go get all three of those trophies well trophy i was going to say achievements all three of those uh trophies um but yeah i love when developers do that so you don't have to replay the, the whole game especially something terrifying like this over again full, um, full yeah. uh full disclosure that's what i did <laughs> i actually i actually got all three i wanted to see all three endings too because i thought you know i just want yeah. to see what they what would happen but um but yeah, it was like I think it was just something like five minutes that I had to replay over, like three, like three times, to get all three trophies. Yeah. So, a yeah. few other games have done that before. I got to be honest, as someone who yeah like like loves a good story and wants to see how it's going to unfold in its branching manners, I I, I really like that. I don't want to feel like I put all this time into the game and then I got the worst ending. You know, that's just that that just that just always turns me off. So that. I'm always looking at guides and trying to figure out, okay, well, I want to have the best ending. So what do I have to do with this? It's just, it's not like that. And again, I don't, well, with amnesia, I don't know if there's a best ending. Any, yeah, any I was just going to say that. Character here. <laughs> I, was like, yeah. I don't want to like spoil anything, but, but I, I don't think any of the endings were, were necessarily yeah, no, like happy endings. <laughs> no, no, not with amnesia. That's, that's, that's for sure. This is definitely like, like you said, it's one scary game and it's one dreadful tale. So yeah, don't be expecting uh, a happily ever after coming out of this one. Cause it's just, it's just not happening. Like you said before, this is one terrifying game from the very beginning with the, the, the plane crash. I really like how you describe things with the matches at first that I think the game is at its most terrifying at the very start when you're just dependent on the matches because lighting with matches there's just such this dread but feeling of exhilaration if you find a sconce or whatever it is something you know a torch and you can light it and add some more light it's just amazing but when you run out of those matches or you run out of those resources it's like running out of health items or bullets in a resident evil game you're just kind of out of luck and literally in the dark with these things around you making noises and these disgusting chewing sounds <laughs> um that it's just it was just so an unnerving full credit for for the graphics uh building of the ambiance uh the sound designers especially like from 
trying to discern whether or not your character is going crazy and it's just in her head or there's something out there or it's just an ambient sound you're always second guessing yourself so it really puts you into the shoes of the of you know the the protagonist quite well so you're always trying to grapple with am i losing my mind is it something out there and even when you look at that thing that's out there if you do figure out it's one of those ghouls trying to hunt you you look at it too long you're going to kind of go into one of those violent nervous breakdowns so as i said before this is not not a happy story but if you're if you're in it, in it for the for the thrill of uh, survival horror experience yeah you're definitely going to get it here the chase for the light as i mentioned before it's both thrilling and rewarding i think that mechanic is what helps to really double down on a lot of the anxiety that amnesia brings out it's just that classic battle between light and darkness right like you're always trying to find light in the darkness and you're always trying to figure out okay resource management is key just ensuring that you don't get turned around i don't know if you've had that next gen but i was constantly getting turned around and even the puzzles like if you enter a certain room and the puzzles themselves early on in the game i found they were quite ingenious and 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 quite complex but if you couldn't completely light an area where you needed to solve a puzzle you might be totally missing something just based on lack of lighting (laughs) so yeah yeah, it really it really ratchets things up there's nothing like knowing there's something out there chasing you the darkness is literally death and you don't have enough resources to light an area in order to solve a puzzle to move forward so definitely ratchets up the the tension and the the high stakes big thing that I did like about this is that it's not another game where you're like Rambo. You have to always avoid conflict. It's about hiding, mastering your fear and your character's fear. And you don't even want to look, like I said before, you can't even look directly at one of the ghouls because it'll send your character into that one of those shock states. And then you're just alone and and pretty much dead in the dark. (laughs) The experience of the game at the beginning of the game, it's very front loaded. I found the puzzles were more creative. I found the action and terror were doubled down on. And then things started to pitter off uh, a little bit towards the end end of the game with creativity and, you know, that ever uh, driving fear sort of, it was still there, but it just wasn't as pronounced. And like Next Gen was saying, like, it's one of the scariest things I've ever played, especially in the early going. But as the game progressed, not so much. First Next Gen, what were some of the things that you disliked? Well, I always find doing these reviews are are so interesting because... Some of the things that you just mentioned that you liked are, are things that I have jotted down for things that I don't like. So um, I, I find it I find it like really interesting. You were, you were talking about, um, you know, like avoiding conflict and mastering your own fears. And I, I, I thought that that is definitely a good part in the game, but there's also some some downsides to it. Right. So the first, you know, real like thing that took away from the game for me is, is the fact that you're just completely defenseless. Right. Right. I thought that. Th- being defenseless in games is something that came up in horror games. I'd say like maybe 10 years ago, like maybe even around when the original game came out for this series. But, uh, but these days, like, I, I just wish that there was, there was something else that you could do. So like in, in this game, basically, you know, when, when those ghouls come, you have literally no choice of what to do. Like you, it's either like hide or run. Those are your only options. And, and it's like, you end up encountering a few dozens of these ghouls throughout the game, and every encounter just ends up being the same, right? It's like, oh, there's a ghoul. Let's uh, let's duck. <laughs> let's let's hide behind this table and just wait it out, or or like let's run, right? So, and what's actually kind of weird too is that you can actually pick up things. So you can pick up like rocks, and you can pick up boards, 
and you can actually even throw them. But um, but as far as I know, I didn't actually fully test this out because, as you mentioned, you sort of go into like a panic when you look at the ghouls. But as far as I know, you really can't injure them, right? Like you can't you can't like chuck a rock at their head and knock them out, right? No, it's true. And see, one of the things about being defenseless, I liked an aspect of it. But one thing that drove me nuts is the whole like, you can't even look at them. Come on. I didn't like that. Feeling like you got to run and hide and use stealth elements that 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 I could deal with. But like you said before, like if, if you want to just pick up a rock and chuck it at one of them one time and distract them, like, I don't think your character should always necessarily go into like, you know, nervous breakdown mode every single time you look at look at a ghoul. Yeah, and, and and so I guess it sort of ties into the next thing that I want to talk about, which is I just like I thought some elements of this game weren't all that believable, right? Like I just mentioned it about how if I can pick up a rock, I should be able to throw it at the enemy. It just seems like it just makes sense that I, that I should be able to at least at least like at a minimum like you know distract them or something like that with the rock. But but the other thing is that that's even like more in your face that's not believable is the fact that so as you mentioned like you've got a lantern, you've got matches. I can actually run and I can light a torch with my match and you look at the torch and it's very clearly a torch that's not bolted down on the wall. Like you, it's one that you could actually physically pick up and carry it around, but you can't, right? <laughs> you can't in this game. And I like, I totally get the reasons why you can't because they, they don't want you to have, you know, light sources that last for a long time they, they want you to, to be stranded in the dark but at the same time like you have to suspend your belief right like there's even stuff like like there's lanterns that are just sitting on a table and you light the lantern and then it's like you can't pick it up right like why would your your, your character's like freaking out and 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 like you know having hallucinations because they're they're panicking in the dark and like right over in the corner it's like hey like there's a, there's a lantern or there's a candle I just lit, right? So it's like, I don't know, like, is everything like super glued to like, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's just sort of like, yeah, it just took me the, out of the, for the mechanic of terror to answer your question. Yes. Everything is super glued down. <laughs> yeah. That's what it has to be super glued because it, you know, your character doesn't want to touch it. So, and the other thing too, like the last point that I had is, is that I guess you sort of touched on this too. Like. You, you seem to like the puzzles a little bit more than I did, but I, I thought, like, overall the puzzles were, were pretty rudimentary. Like, they, I guess there were, like, a couple of interesting ones, but I mean, like, but overall it was just the the, the usual stuff, like, you know, match this or, like, turn turn this, uh, turn this wheel or, like, you know, insert this glowing orb into this, you know, this slot here and stuff like that. So, um Ah, I guess like maybe yeah, like I said, there's a couple of puzzles that maybe stand out as being a bit interesting, but overall, I I just thought the puzzles were not all that interesting. I found early on uh, the puzzles extremely interesting, but they did become more rudimentary, especially towards the tail end of the game. It was just simple stuff like yeah, pull this boulder out of the way, and then everything else is just going to sort of fall away so that you can clear your path and continue. You can continue on. Um, but again, earlier on in the game, I, I did like the puzzles. I found it creative. Maybe you were being better with your resource management and could light the way a little bit more <laughs> for your puzzles. And that's why they seemed uh, a little more rudimentary and less challenging, where uh, maybe I was just being a scaredy cat and lighting too many matches and uh, yeah, try, trying to light too, too many areas too early on. Like I said before, though, the latter part of the game is what really got slow for me, I found. There was fewer enemies. Even at times, the AI, 
as much as I still felt in danger, sometimes they would just almost, I felt like run right past me and just didn't really acknowledge me. And again, I touched on this before. I liked the stealth elements and I liked the idea of ducking into shadow and such. But the fact you can't look directly at your enemies drove me up the wall. I, I did not like that. It got annoying, especially towards the end of the game. But overall, um, I really did enjoy the experience. I think we're ready to score this for Amnesia Rebirth uh, next gen. What would you score it out of 10? It's a pretty solid game overall. I, I liked it. Like I said, I, I immediately bought the collection after that. So I'm giving this game a 8 out of 10. I'm right there with you. I think the game does deserve an 8 out of 10. I think it's kind of interesting. Like you said, we had some opposites in terms of what we liked and disliked about the game, but we uh, have arrived at the same score here with an 8 out of 10. The nightmare is not over yet, ladies and gentlemen. We're about to delve into Resident Evil Village, the PS5 demo, and share our impressions. In last week's Resident Evil showcase, Capcom unveiled key details about its highly anticipated survival horror title, Resident Evil Village the eighth main entry in the Resident Evil franchise. Capcom confirmed Resident Evil Village will be available worldwide May 7th, 2021 on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, S, and Steam. Alongside the newly revealed fact that the PS4 and Xbox One releases are also incoming. Resident Evil Village will be eligible to upgrade from the PS4 to the digital PS5 version and will support smart delivery for the Xbox Series X and S, as well as Xbox One consoles. Capcom also shared the first extended gameplay footage along with the announcement of the multiplayer Resident Evil Reverse game to celebrate the franchise's 25th anniversary. But perhaps the biggest surprise was immediately following the showcase, PS5 owners got an exclusive sneak peek of the castle area from Resident Evil Village with the Maiden demo. I was shocked, like my jaw hit the floor. I was like scrambling away from my computer screen to turn on my PS5 and, and try to see if it was on the PS Store. The standalone experience uh, showcases the stunning visuals and 3D audio that await in the main game. Uh, you play as the Maiden and players need to rely solely on their wits to make their escape in this tension-filled demo as you have no way to fight or defend yourself. A separate new demo for all platforms will be available later this spring. Uh, it's kind of interesting though, Next Gen, that first part of uh, of the Resident Evil Village demo, there was some, definitely some shades of amnesia in there for me. I don't know if you felt the same way, but anyhow, uh, Next Gen, what were some of your early thoughts of uh, that? It was a pretty short demo, but what were your thoughts on the Resident Evil demo first look? Well, I thought it was really funny because you were mentioning about how you, like, when you heard the demo was happening, you sort of, like, freaked out, like, oh my gosh, like, I need to download this right away. <laughs> um, I, I felt yeah. the same way, but... Uh, I think everybody did, because if you tried to download the demo within the first couple hours, PSN actually was down. Yeah. It was like, yeah, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I was trying to searching for games. I could try to find this. I couldn't find it. So I was like, no, like, like add more server bandwidth, Sony. Like, <laughs> so yeah, kind of, kind of a, you know, funny story that everyone just sort of like, you know, smash the servers. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I eventually got, got uh, the demo downloaded on that. Uh, I was I think it was last Thursday. And uh, yeah, I have to say like, you know, actually the biggest thing for me is that um, I should actually preface the demo. The demo was actually intended to show the visuals of, of Resident Evil Village. So as you mentioned, like there's not really a lot of gameplay. There's not a whole lot of gameplay. I loved what I played, but it was just a short, tasting and i love the fact they did just call it a visual demo because that's that's really what it was yeah and i should say too that i'm actually going to be talking a little bit about the demo so 
Um, you know, I I don't I guess it's probably going to be spoiler territory if you're if you haven't played the demo. So I'm just going to like I'm going to give that warning now. It's only like a 15 minute demo, so there's not a whole lot yeah. we can talk about. I got to talk about yeah. the, what happened in the demo, right? So, but um, what I, what I thought was actually probably the most interesting about this game is um, like obviously the graphics are like super good. So I'll I'll talk about that in, in a second. But like over and above the graphics, the the story I thought was actually great because there's not a whole lot that that even gets told in the game but you end up discovering all these things like you find these items around the house that sort of reveal more backstory to this game and to me it's just super interesting like you play as a maiden who's trapped in in a dungeon that's like this like dingy creepy dungeon that's below this main castle area right or main mansion that that you're going to be exploring in resident evil village and as you go yeah, with all these medieval torture devices and oh man, it was so unsettling. I was like, this is the darkest thing in Resident Evil I've ever played. And there's some dark stuff going on in these games. So that's uh, that's it's telling you something. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's exactly you, you, you end up like crawling through a, a bunch of different cells and you'll you'll see torture devices. And then once you actually get past this, this like dungeon area. The first area that you get to is, is sort of like a wine cellar, and it's dripping what appears to be wine. But you look at a little closer, you're like, "Hmm, this kind of looks like blood. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't really look like wine to me. I don't know. There's stuff like that, right? That that like, what is going on with this place? And then like, there's a, there's also um, once you get upstairs, like you end up going into this kitchen area or this dining area, and you end up seeing a wine bottle that's called Maiden's Blood. Right. And it's like it, at first you think, OK, that's just sort of like the brand name. They're just like, you know, they're just trying to like be, have like a creepy brand name. But then you're like, wait a minute. Does this actually have made its blood in it? If I think you it... start connecting the horrible, terrifying dots that that Resident Evil, they like to leave you those breadcrumbs. And uh, yeah, I was reading all those notes, too. And I was just like, am I going to be made into wine by the end of this demo? And yeah, like, I don't know, it's just all the notes just sort of like add layers to the story that I find it to be really, really super interesting. And the next thing that I that I liked, I think pretty much everybody likes this part about the game. Lady Dimitriscu, I'm hopefully I'm pronouncing that correct. Dimitriscu is is the like super tall people. Some people actually estimate she's about eight feet, <laughs> which I think makes sense yeah. because she has to like just the duck under doors to get to get through. Um, but yeah, no, you actually get to like, you get to meet her. Um, you have like a very unceremonious meeting with her. I won't really say more than that, but, um, but yeah, like you, you like, you get up close and personal and, and get, uh, you know, get, get a chance to snap some photos and share them on Twitter, <laughs> which I, I saw everybody was doing. You have a very pointed conversation with, uh, Lady Dimatrescu <laughs> towards the end of the demo. Yeah. Pun intended. So I don't think that's too spoilery. But we'll leave that in. Terrible pun, but anyhow. Yeah, yeah. When you hit that point, you'll know what I mean. But yeah, man, did you get did you get freaked out by this at the on the second floor? There's like a little dress, uh, not a little dress. One of uh, one of the ladies' massive dresses in a dark alcove, and I thought it was her because you turn a corner and then you just see the bottom of this dress, and it's like, oh, I've run into her. Did did you hit that or did you see that? <laughs> it it got me good the first time. I was just I like, oh my I... god, oh. This was this is when you first get upstairs because I I remember like I, I look through the there's like a, there's a door that's kind of ajar and and you like you see her sort of walk 
past in the hallway. So I was like, I froze. I was like, okay, I'll just sit here for a minute. Let her walk. She can walk yeah. away. <laughs> I'm not going to move. So I, I played the demo twice. And the first time I did the same thing. I'm like, I'm going to take a little bit of time with this eight foot vampire woman. Cause she's walking past the door. I'm going to give her her time. But I tried to like literally chase her the next time around. And you just, you cannot run into her. So I chased her. But anyway, it's when you first come out from the dungeon, then you go through that main area with the, the fire and then you come up into the mansion and uh, there's one of the first bedrooms you come through and then down the long hallway. As you turn into that center area where it has the, the door with a face, right. if you stand and, and immediately to your right with the area you just passed, you'll, you'll see in like a dark alcove, there is a mannequin with one of her dresses on it. And it's just like, I turned around once and I caught it out of the corner of my eye because I must've ran past it the first time, didn't notice. And then with turning again, and I saw it and I was just like, oh, I froze. I'm like, oh man, she's standing right there. And if I move, she's going to kill me. And then I, <laughs> I moved forward a bit. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is something where I've got a feeling that later on in the game, if, if she doesn't come from behind that mannequin, because you think it's a quote unquote safe spot, it, I would be shocked. But yeah, there's just, that's what I loved about the demo too. There's these tiny little things that, that are left there just to kind of get you, to make you think twice about, about the surrounding. But yeah, no, it's it's. Yeah, I don't know if I if I if I necessarily saw that. I'll have to. I th I was like I was planning on not replaying it because I I played I played it twice already. I thought that would be enough, but I may have to go back. Yeah, no, I took a picture and popped it on my uh, my Twitter feed at dapper underscore tux, and you can check it out. The one thing with the demo too is that it's real. It's supposed to be, but it was really black, like really inky dark. Like when I was trying to share things on social media, like PS5 captures, uh, next gen. I don't know if you had this this trouble. I had to like crank up the overall lightness because otherwise you wouldn't be able to see anything. So I could could just be some adjustments, but uh, but yeah, it is it is definitely a dark game. Yeah. I think I just shared the black screens because <laughs> I, I, rem <laughs> I remember I took a whole bunch of photos and I shared a whole bunch on, on Twitter and then I looked at my Twitter feed like an hour later and I was like, oh, those pictures are pretty dark. You can't really see what's going on. Probably people didn't even really like, you know, pay attention to half those photos because you can't tell what the, they are. So, yeah, good, good, good on you. To... I think part of it's, yeah, it could be could be an HDR thing. Yeah. Well, the last point that I wanted to just say that, that I, I thought was really good, this is obviously like... You know the showcase feature of this game is just the graphics like holy jeez that i think like we finally reached the point in gaming where things are just completely photorealistic right like we saw like you know we saw good elements of that last gen but i mean looking at this mansion that you're in right or this castle holy jeez it just looks so realistic when you actually like get out of the the dungeon and go through that hallway and then you finally go into the main area and you look across and you see the the main entrance door that's kind of like bolted shut and you see that beautiful chandelier in the middle uh i i was just like it's i i actually took photos of the chandelier from like every angle because <laughs> yeah i kind of got obsessed that, about how good it looked so yeah damn like, these graphics are amazing yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, man, this just looks all so beautiful. If it wasn't so damn terrifying, it would be, you know, a totally different game. But we, we knew what was kind of lurking behind each door and uh, <laughs> it wasn't anything anything nice. But it all certainly looked quite pretty, that's for sure. Yeah, and <laughs> Even I, the gruesome stuff. The, one, the other spot that I thought looked amazing was actually the final area, which is, I think it's actually the kitchen. That's, that's where you meet, um, you know, the big tall lady vampire. 
when you first walk in there, you, there's actually a window that's kind of like, uh, there's like bars across it, but the light shines in from the village and that lighting effect looked so awesome. And just like, yeah. it was so unsettling, but also hopeful because like, finally you saw sunlight, right? You're like, oh, like maybe I can actually get out there. Maybe I can go back to the village. Like, this is my chance. And then you're like, oh, wait, it's got bars across it. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. But, uh, but yeah, like just from a graphical perspective, geez, man, like it's like, it's a 10 out of 10 for me. Like it's it, yeah, some of the best graphics I've ever seen. So, wow. Yeah. No. And again, for my likes, I think that's where I'm going to start off with is yeah, definitely with the graphics, the ambiance, even the audio engineering and the, the sound design were incredible. The sound effects and the ambiance, it always makes you feel like no matter what, something's about to pop out of a corner. Uh, there's one point when you're trying to get out of the dungeon, you start hearing like this growling creature and it sounds like the growling creatures on this other side of this door you're trying to unlock. So it's like this unsettled, like, okay, I don't know if I should open this door, but I need to. So I opened the door and then there was, there was nothing there. And again, just the, just the, the creaks and the foot, oh, the footsteps, especially with, uh, lady, uh, Dimitrescu, like when she's moving through, um, it's just every footstep is like a dagger in my heart. Cause you just know. They're, you're kind of being toyed with as she's moving around and you're as you go through the demo you're kind of following somebody you don't know if it's if, if it's the madame herself or or one of her daughters but it's 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 just so wild the way it's it's set up uh but like i said before graphics fa fantastic really was an absolute um clinic in ray tracing even in the darker areas uh when you're coming down a dark hallway that's got uh it's a stony wall and you've got a flame glowing off in the distance and you can, you can almost feel what that wall, uh, you know, or you can all, based on what you see, you can feel what that wall would feel like with like the glimmering coming off of it. It's just so incredibly well done. And like you said, next gen, I got into the main area with the chandelier and I took like so many pictures, although I was terrified. I was like snapping around, like looking around all nervously, taking pictures and it, it looked absolutely incredible. And again, the showstopper is uh, for me, Capcom figures out how to come up with these really super unique baddies and Lady uh, Dimitrescu is just so perfect. And some of the, the memes I've already seen come out around her, they're just so funny. <laughs> it's just it's just wild. Um, we, we got our first, I think, video game related uh, big, uh, you know, meme generator out of this character. And it just has me so excited for the game. So everything from the characters to the creepy story and stunning graphics and sounds. Yeah, sign me up. Right now with the with the demo, it was it was too short, super terrifying. Uh, but yeah, uh, definitely, I say give it. Uh, you know, check it out. Uh, Next gen. What were some things though that you disliked about the uh, the demo? Something that, that I wish was in the demo, which I think pretty much everybody would have wished it was in the demo, is a little bit of combat. So I, I thought it was like it was interesting. I, I believe this is actually the first time I've ever played anything Resident Evil where where I can't really do do anything combat related <laughs> maybe i think actually i maybe the the re7 demo i gotta i gotta think if that one had uh had weapons it might have but but anyways it's a, it's the first one i can remember at least where it's like you literally can't do anything so um there is another demo that's going to be coming they said before the game releases which sounds like it's going to be a gameplay demo so 
we'll get a chance to, to take a look at some of the guns or maybe the, the combat knife or something like that. So, um, yeah, I would I would have liked to have at least seen something in the game. Give me like, I don't know, give me like a, give me a knife, give me a combat knife at least. So I, I can, <laughs> I can break some vases and, and, uh, I don't know, get like a herb or something like that. <laughs> but, uh, the other thing that, that's, um, sort of a downside for me is like, not really a lot happens in the demo. So you actually mentioned about stuff like, for example, like when you're in the, the dungeon and you hear that, like that creature banging on the wall and that freaked me out. The first time I played the demo, I just panicked. I, I actually like hid around the corner and I was like, kind of like peeking out. And, but then everything just sort of like, there's, there's no, there's no conclusion to it. It just sort of like, it scares you and then you open up the door and, and like nothing's there and you can go up into the, the castle. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I, I didn't even get to see the creature. That's kind of like, you know, I would have, I would have liked at least like, give me like a peephole where I can like look in and like, and see a werewolf or something like that in there. But anyways, like, and then the other thing too is, is like the, you hear the footsteps and you can see some of the, the vampire ladies walking around the hallways and stuff like that. But they don't really do anything. They just kind of walk around. Um, I, I would say, like, you know, the scariest element of this game is just the fact that you are just so defenseless. You can't, you don't really have anything that you can combat them with. So every time you hear a noise, you just kind of sit there panicked for a minute and, and like, wait until the, the noises stop before you move on. But, uh, but yeah, I just would have liked a little bit more things to happen in this demo. Like, uh, I want to see that creature in the basement. I wanted to maybe have you know a couple more vampire ladies chase me and i gotta hide somewhere i don't know just just anything to sort of like you know add some more more variety and then the other thing that, that i thought um for the downside is i actually really thought this demo was only scary the first time at least for me because the thing is like the first time i went through i was completely panicked obviously but then i realized when i played it the second time i i thought because the thing is, like, nothing actually really attacks you until, like, you know, well, no, or nothing really even even eventful happens until the very end of the, of the demo, right? So then the second time when I played it, I was like, well, things aren't going to attack me. Like, I, I got nothing to worry about. I can just, I can run around. I don't need, I don't need to, like, hide, right? I'll just run around. So that's what I did. I, <laughs> I, I ran around and I, and I, I, like, I saw the vampire ladies walking in the hallways and I would just run and, like, it's really funny because there's actually a spot where where you are downstairs and you hear a noise upstairs and I actually ran up the stairs and a vampire lady was going up the stairs and I kind of like I almost like walked beside her. It's almost like we're holding hands like la 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 la. <laughs> I had that too and then she walked past that face door and she goes right next to where that dress I was referring to earlier and then she just like turns into those flies or whatever they are and just disappeared but yeah i got a couple of pictures of that but you're right i don't, i think capcom in designing that and rightly so they're like well no sane person's gonna go running towards this like vampire uh you know woman that just can kind of disappear into killer flies but you and i both did it so <laughs> yeah 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 so I, so i was like the second time i played this demo i was almost having like you know i'm not not like funny moments but but close to funny because i because i was just i <laughs> i was just not afraid of anything so i was just like i was being reckless and and try like intentionally trying to provoke these vampires to see if i can get a reaction out of them but uh but they yeah. don't right so and the other thing that i want to say too that that i thought 
was uh, actually this is probably should be one of my my uh, my positives, but there is actually some elements that that make me think, hmm, like what's going on here? For example, like you can find a necklace at the very beginning of this demo, and I have not found a use for the de for the necklace. Like usually, you would insert it into something for a puzzle, or like there's something that that you can do with it, but like I never found a use for it. So. I feel like it's the same as, as like the RE7 demo, which had that finger challenge, right? Which uh, which people finally unlocked the challenge. I think it was something like three or four months after the demo came out. So I'm hoping like somewhere in this castle you can use this necklace. Like I can't wait to see. You know, everyone's gonna be like, you know, hopefully poking around every nook and cranny to see if they can use it somewhere. Or maybe Capcom's gonna have a patch. Um, or an update come out later that's going to add a little bit more content. But um, but there's definitely some elements that make me think there's more to come. Like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, you know what? And just oh, that whole idea of more to come, um, just, just good on Capcom. Good on Capcom for just not letting Resident Evil go stagnant. Uh, getting Resident Evil 7, getting the absolutely phenomenal trip that was Resident Evil 2 and 3 remade for the Xbox One and PS4. I mean, man, they just absolutely are still cooking with the Resident Evil series. And when you look at someone like Konami and Silent Hill and there's just nothing there, it's just so frustrating. So I'm, I'm happy we got Resident Evil. And I'm happy that Capcom is still doubling down and trying to innovate. So yeah, that was that was a huge bless up Capcom. For the dislikes for this demo, for me, um, really, really dark. I know it was intentional, but uh, at, at certain points, like you just can't sort of see what's going on. So that was one of my number one gripes. I guess it was the, the lack of things to do as well at a certain point. But again, it was all prefaced with um, a idea that this was going to be a visual demo. So I don't want to split too many hairs um, on this aspect. And uh, yeah, like you said before, this isn't necessarily a dislike, but now you're talking about the necklace. I'm I'm interested. So <laughs> there's there's not too many dislikes uh, at this point for me. I wish the demo was longer, but at the same time, maybe just getting a quick uh, snackable bite, vampire pun intended here, of of what's to come with this this game, and letting them get back to developing the full experience so we get it, you know, on time in May. Let, let them go do their thing. So I'm super excited uh, for this. Uh, now to change lanes uh, figuratively and literally, we've got our Pacer review from Next Gen. So Pacer is a near-futuristic anti-gravity racing game set in the year 2075. It's developed by R8 Games, whose staff is composed of several people that worked on Wipeout well at Cygnosis Leads. The game is available now for PS4, Xbox One, and PC via Steam. In the game, you complete in the World Anti-Gravity Racing League, which has 10 teams to choose from, along with 5 crafts with different characteristics that can be customized. Uh, next gen, what are some things that uh, you really enjoyed about uh, whipping through a futuristic year 2075 racetrack with Pacer? Yeah, I was really excited to play this game because I'm one of the biggest Wipeout fans ever. Like, I... I played the original Wipeout on the PS1. I paid, played every single one since then. And there's just really nothing like Wipeout, right? It's just such a, like a, an amazing mesh of just, you know, like high speed racing. You end up like typically in Wipeout games, you're like going anywhere from 500 to about a thousand kilometers in a, an hour, right? Um, and then you've got like, you know, a killer soundtrack and, and like anti-gravity racing. And it's really like super interesting because as you mentioned in the intro, this is actually made 
by people that uh, that developed Wipeout games, right? So, um, you know, you've you've got you've got the developers, and you know what? This is basically Wipeout, right? Like it is it it is like it is like shockingly close to to being a Wipeout game. If you would have called this game Wipeout Pacer and release it like that, I don't think anybody would have would have like you know would have noticed like the, that the fact that this is like you know this is a, a you know basically a different team <laughs> that done it that did it right but because it's just it's just like it hews so close to that classic wipeout formula so you've got like you know you've got some um, anti-gravity racing um you've got really tight controls you've got smooth air braking um you've got racing teams that that all sound futuristic they all sound like they they're coming from the wipeout um you know what the wipeout franchise like you've got teams like dragon star and garuda and midas ag and neutron right like they're they're all totally wipeout-esque um and uh yeah like there's there's just so much uh that's similar to it and and it even has sort of like um you know like a like a sort of like a, a techno like ravish type soundtrack as well right so every, everything's like electronic music um which yeah so so again like it just sort of channels that that feeling of being a wipeout game and you've also got like some of the weapons and uh some of the game modes are pretty similar too like you've got uh you basically have um like straight races you've got time trials you've got um you've got flowmentum races which is uh it's basically races where you pass through gates and every time you, you pass through a gate your, your ship speed increases and uh, and again, like Wipeout had a mode that was pretty similar to that, where like every couple of seconds you would, you know, you, your your um, your ship would automatically increase its speed until you just sort of like you're going so fast you can't handle it and you crash and burn, right? So that game this this game has it as well. Um, but there are some new additions to the game that I thought were really interesting. It sort of evolves the series, you know, in positive ways. One of the the best modes in this game. It's one of the, my favorite modes in any racing game. I just love it so much. Is there's there's one uh, called Storm, and it's basically like they took the battle royale uh, genre and they threw it into a racing game. If you can sort of picture that, it's it's crazy. So basically, what ends up happening is you start. I think there's like there's ten ten different uh, uh, racers at at once in the this mode, and like basically there's a storm. That's kind of like, imagine like a circle or a big like sphere that just like goes around a portion of, of the track. And as you play, this this like sphere gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And you and like the sphere is sort of your safe zone. Outside of the sphere is like this like, you know, electric violent storm. And if you fall out of the circle, then you get attacked by by the by the weather. And it, and it like you know within a couple of seconds you can crash right so you've got to stay inside this circle to survive and it's just like it is so fast and furious and chaotic like especially at the very end when when like you've got this like little tiny circle that only like a few of the race cars can fit inside and you're also like traveling at 500 kilometers an hour trying to, na to navigate like steep anti-gravity turns and all these things and it is just chaotic fun, right? That is just the best way to put it. So um, that is definitely really good. Um, graphically and and uh, and and uh, frame rate 
wise, this game is actually really good too. It's 60 frames per second, 4K. Everything just looks super polished and 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 super fast, like you'd hope for in a, in a wipeout type game. And um, also that what's interesting too is, is that some of the uh, or that the branding was actually done by the Designers Republic, which is actually the folks that worked on the first three wipeout games. So if if the 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 vehicles and and like the team names and the banners you see on the on the the races like they look like they're familiar and they look like they come from the wipeout game well it's because it's the same the same designers that actually made both of them so that's pretty cool and then the last thing that's actually really different in this game compared to wipeout and i think it's a really good evolution is that you can actually customize your ship so you can uh you've got uh different weapons that you can customize your ship with so you actually like in wipeout you you actually pick up weapons as you you race along the track and this one, you actually have like preset weapons that you, that you have to pick before the the races actually begin. So you got to pick, um, you know, like your two favorites that you want to have. And then what actually ends up happening is you can collect some currency after winning some races, and then you can spend that currency to upgrade your weapons. And I thought the upgrades were actually pretty interesting. So you've got stuff like one. I know like. Um, one of the weapons in Wipeout sort of makes a return here. So there's there's one where it's like an energy beam that that you can shoot out and you can stick to another another vehicle, and then that allows you to, to drain their shield and it puts the you know it basically like refuels your own shield. So you've got that in this game, but like you know some of the upgrades that you can do is you could perhaps like you know instead of attaching your beam to one vehicle, you could attach it to two or you could attach it to three. But the downside is that it might take a little bit longer. So it might take like another half second or a second to attach the beam to the other vehicles. So there's there's kind of like pros and cons. It's not like like every upgrade doesn't automatically make your weapon better. There's a little bit of trade-offs, right? So it could be like, you know, you could you could shoot out a missile that's a little bit more powerful, but it takes you another maybe one second to lock on to to the opponent's ship. So um, yeah, like I, I, I'm like I spent a lot of time just sort of like tweaking weapons here and there and trying to figure out like what is the best combination. Um, so I thought that was like super super interesting. Um, in terms of things that I thought could be improved with this game, is I thought overall the weapons are are okay. They seem to be like you know mostly taking inspiration from the Wipeout series, but I thought that they're just I guess like the impact is is a little bit less than in the wipeout games, and I think that's probably partially because of like the visual effects of the weapons, and then also the audio. So, um, like in in wipeout, if I'm shooting at a missile and I hit an enemy, like I I kind of like you get that like visceral feeling in your gut, like I I just I shot a missile, like I I just like you know I destroyed that vehicle. And this one too, like you know they 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 do make like decent noises, but I, I find that they're just not as impactful. So um yeah i just thought that the the weapons just sort of are like a step down um from the wipeout series which kind of sucks because you know as i mentioned other elements of this game are, are a step up so um and then i also thought that the content was a little bit lacking in this game i thought that there is uh there's 14 tracks and there's like day and night uh variations and there's normal and reverse variations so there you know like there there is like a pretty decent variety of tracks and there's five different um crafts that you can pick from four different uh class speeds but 
I just thought like, and when you're playing Wipeout, like if I, especially like the last Wipeout game, had this like, you know, for, for each uh, of the different campaigns, like you had a really nice visual where it was like a series of like octagons and, and each of those octagons was different um different like missions that you could go on and and, and like you know you could get uh gold silver or bronze and i don't know and, and like it just had like a really nice flow and presentation to it but this one here um it just kind of like it just lists all, all of the different race types that you can do like you just <laughs> you just like work your way down a, a boring list and yeah it's all, not the, all that interesting and you know and you sort of like I don't know. I, I guess like I just sort of like started to repeat, um, or, or at least it felt like repeat uh, uh, missions or races that I was doing, and I just thought overall, I'm like, oh, like I'm I wasn't too into the campaign. It didn't it didn't really capture me. The other thing that kind of kind of got to me too is that I found that like there is actually no difficulty setting in this game, and it's it's normally not a problem because like most of the races I could I could do no problem. But then, like, every now and again, there was a really hard one, and I just got stuck for a while. And the thing is, too, like, in the Wipeout games, if you, you actually had a choice of, like, any of those octagons that you could, you could, uh, you could play, right? So, you, like, if one particular race was too challenging for you, or you just weren't, weren't good at it for whatever reason, you could pretty much skip it and, and go on to the next one. But in this game, it's a little bit harder. Like, you almost, like, like, every time you beat one of the races that unlocks the next couple of ones right so uh there were a few times where i'm like oh like i, I, pl I played this race like six times now i'm i'm tired of playing this one i'm I, I just can't beat it for some reason right like let me try again tomorrow right so yeah that, that kind of sucked and then the other thing that i thought um a little bit underwhelming was the audio so as i mentioned there's like el electronic music in this game right it's got some pretty awesome edm tracks but I just thought the, the the weird part is that the like the mixing volume between the the uh, like the racing effects and the audio is not properly balanced. I don't think like when I'm playing the Wipeout games, one of the the biggest things I like about that series is the audio just gets me pumping. Right, like it it is like it it, it Wipeout has such amazing music that you're gonna want to buy the like the OSTs and and play the soundtracks like in your car. Or like at home or whatever right and there's some pretty good audio in this game too but it's kind of like muted or like like dampered compared to the wipeout game so the the audio like never really got me pumping like i was i was kind of like uh like i went into the, the to, into the menu and i was like is there any way that i can just like turn the volume up i don't i think it was already at max so i, I ended up turning down some of the like the vehicle audio noises so i could perhaps hear the, the soundtrack a little bit more but it didn't really like it still didn't really sound all that good so they need to like crank that audio up like five more notches <laughs> so i can i can like really like you know get that music blaring um you know to, to to really like you know you know get the intensity of the music out so yeah i guess like overall those are my thoughts on the game i think i'm ready to score you want to hear my score? Uh, so for Pacer, what would you score out of 10? You know what? kind of pains me because I, I want to give this game like a super, super, super high score because I love Wipeout. But there, there's just like, there's there's things I love about this game and there's things that, that sort of take away from it. So overall, I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. 
it's definitely what I would say is that if you like Wipeout, you should definitely check this game out. It's it's certainly like it it channels the you know the the fundamental feelings of, of Wipeout, so you can't miss it. But um, but yeah, there's definitely some some downsides to this game. So hopefully, like you know, they're gonna have like upgrades and DLC and patches and all that, because I definitely want to check this game out a lot more. Cool. Yeah, sounds sounds pretty awesome. A little bit disappointed about the soundtrack, but uh, yeah, it's definitely something I'm gonna check out in the future for sure. Next up, we're taking a look at Prinny One Two Exploded and Reloaded. Uh, the title is from NIS America. And uh, the Exploded and Reloaded is now here for Nintendo Switch. This title combines Prinny 1. This title combines Prinny 1, Can I Really Be a Hero, and Prinny 2. Next Gen has finished Prinny 1, and we'll be reviewing uh, that game on this episode. And uh, stay tuned for episode 37, where we'll have his take on Prinny number 2. Let's take a look at Prinny 1. It's a 2D side-scroller comedy uh, platform game that was originally released on Sony PlayStation Portable in 2009. The game is a spin-off title in the Disgaea series. The game is back on Nintendo Switch with all the signature dark comedy and explosive action fans love from the Disgaea series. And now with newly remastered graphics. Pretty one, can I really be the hero begins with Master Etna demanding the ultimate dessert. And it's up to the legion of lowly prinnies to make it. You'll need to jump, slash, and combo your way through different stages of the netherworld, defeat enemies and bosses to acquire ingredients for the desserts, and encounter both old and new uh, faces from the Disgaea series. Uh, Next Gen, what were your thoughts on uh, on the game? I love when companies bring back old games like this. It's just like, it, I always find it to be really fun and interesting, because this is like, I actually have a PSP, but for some reason this game just sort of passed me by. I never picked it up. Um, I, I'm not even sure if I remember it releasing. <laughs> Maybe it just kind of like, I don't know, it just kind of released and I never paid much attention to it. But um, but I've, I'm a, a big fan of Disgaea. I've been playing Disgaea games for a long time now. And when I heard that Prinny was coming out on Nintendo Switch, I definitely had to check out this game because anybody who plays Disgaea knows and loves the Prinnies, right? The Prinnies are like, the ultimate what would you call them the, the whipping horses like they're they're the they're the the lowliest of the lowliest of the lowliest they are like they are cr- oh man now you're just you're just being mean now <laughs> well they the the the, the, the prinnies will even self-admit it right they they, they love self-deprecating themselves so they uh they they're basically like prinnies are criminals in the real world that end up getting thrown down to the underworld and they are blue penguins with peg legs and a fanny pack. <laughs> so so yeah, they are like they are the they are the comic relief of Disgaea. So I had to play this game because I knew it was gonna be chock full of humor and you know as expected it is chock full of humor. It is just like it is a funny, funny platforming game. So this the the story you you mentioned it like in in the intro but i just want to like you know emphasize how silly this this story is like it basically begins with etna who she demands the ultimate dessert she just she's craving it i think actually like some something like she had the ultimate dessert and somebody ate it so she got mad and now she's like she like i i i need another one i demand i get this ultimate dessert so she sends out one thousand prinnies to go and get the ingredients for this ultimate dessert and the ingredients of course 
are found in the most dangerous and treacherous areas in the underworld, right? So you've, and you might be wondering why a thousand. Well, the thing is, as you know in the, the disguise series, prinnies, <laughs> prinnies are so disposable. I hate to say it, but they are right. They they prinnies in in Disgaea, you can throw them and they become basically like a bomb. They they just they just blow up and that's the end of the prinny. So in this game. Etna, she gives one Prinny a magic scarf. It's like a red scarf that that he wears, and this red scarf allows him to jump around without exploding, right? But you end up going through all these different stages that are very, 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 very hard, and it it is like like you're you're gonna die a lot. And what ends up happening is your your Prinny counter clocks down from the 1000 so you, you die and oh whoops i got 999 printies left right so i think when i finished the game oh jeez, man i must have i must have knocked off like well over 200 i think i was i was at like 700 and some odd printies left so yeah i i died a couple hundred times in this game it, it is it is like super 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 challenging but the other thing too is like you know, as I mentioned, it's like it's full of comedy too. So you're gonna you're gonna have like the highest, like like the the most frustrating moments where you're gonna be like, this level is so hard and this boss is so hard. And then after you finish that, you're gonna go back to like the hub world and Prinnies will just say something funny, something. There's like I got a couple of lines here, like uh, like they Prinnies love saying dude, right? So we may be dumb, but we're not that dumb, dude. <laughs> we're like. The, one of the printies was like, we're just a bunch of peons, dude. One one printie was, was like <laughs> obsessed with money. So he was like, dude, we're all about the money, money, money. So you got like, and this is this is actually like fully voice acted too. And, and the thing is like, printies have like super high pitched voices, right? So yeah, be prepared for, for funny stuff like that. And then also like the printies have like ridiculous names, right? Ridiculous. There's one... And a uh, printing this game called Pennsylvania, right? There's and there's one called Pre Diddy, <laughs> but and there's and there's there's another one called called the Prima Donna. They all they all start with Pre, right? So yeah, you'll have like funny names and all this stuff, right? So anyways, and then the other thing too is like there there's like a lot of pop culture references in the game. Like there's one enemy um whose name is like Darth Mobe, and he he basically talks like Darth Vader, and there's like there's another, uh, you can actually like get into vehicles in, in this platforming game. And, and one of the vehicles is called a Metal Gear Yay, <laughs> like Metal Gear Solid. So, so yeah, like, you know, you'll, there, there'll be some spots where you'll be like, ah, man, they pulled that joke from another game. I, I like that. It's really funny. Um, another thing that I liked about this game is like the old school challenge. So this is like the original game, as you mentioned, was 2009. And like this, this, I would say this is probably on par with games like i don't know let's say like uh, ghouls and, and ghost and and Mega Man, like those like cl you know i'm talking about the nes versions that that just they they were out to crush you and that's what this game is all about right so um you know as i said i, I died a couple hundred times there there is like there's spots where you need absolute pinpoint precision jumping to get through like even down to the pixel, right? So you're kind of like you're like adjusting your printio over a couple of pixels so you can like get that perfect landing. Um, and what's actually really interesting in this game is that the levels will actually change depending on the time of day it is. So when I say time of day, I actually mean the in-game timer. 
So there's um, like basically every time you complete a level, it counts down the time and and the actual like the hub world gets darker because you get later into the evening. And what actually ends up happening in this game is that as it gets later into the evening, levels get more difficult, right? And you can actually select the order of which you play the levels. So um, whatever level you play first will be the easiest. And then whatever one you play at the, at, at the end, at the last, will be the most challenging. And, and actually what ends up happening is sometimes, um, like, as it gets later in the night, the levels might actually change a little bit. Like, there might be new enemies. There might be, like, different enemy patterns. There might be, like just new challenges that you have to face and then also the, the the bosses too the bosses will actually change a little bit in terms of, of like how they attack and and uh and and like just how challenging they are to beat so um so it's actually interesting because you can actually replay the game and you can play the stages in a different order and you might actually see different things as you play so there, that actually adds to the replay value which i thought was cool um looking at things that i didn't like with the game I have to say, like, the first one really is the stubborn gameplay. So, as I mentioned, this is like an old-school platforming game, and it really shows one of the things that that is, like, it is so hard to get over, especially, you know, as someone who's so used to modern games, is that, so when you jump in this game, you actually can't steer your printy in midair. Um, you've basically got, like, you're, like, committed to that jump because every jump has a preset animation. So you've got to, like, if you decide that you want to jump to the right, you're going to jump, like, you know, I don't know, like, three centimeters or or one inch to the right, right? And, and like, and that's it. Like, you can't you can't steer yourself mid midair like you can in, like, every other modern game. So that's a, that's a huge, huge thing that you got to, you got to get over. Um, the one advantage is you actually can double jump. So if you, if you end up, like, jumping and then realizing that you're you're not going to make the platform you can actually jump back to where you were so th that helps out a little bit but um but yeah no like it's 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 definitely you know it's something that 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 really challenged me and i and i was frustrated because i just wasn't used to control so limiting like this right and then the other thing too is like the challenge for this game is, is like super steep but sometimes like well actually not sometimes like i would say like frequently especially later on in the game there there's like intentionally cheap things that happen right so like the game tries to kill you right it's you'll you'll jump onto like a moving magic carpet and fireballs will like come up from the ground and and they'll hit you and you, like sometimes you don't really have like much space because maybe you got like a roof that's right above you you can't really jump and so you're like what do i do like uh, i like you almost have to get hit sometimes it feels like um, you can actually end up doing like um, your your pretty can dance, so you can actually you can actually do like uh, you can you can spin around, you can do like a spinning dance, and that makes you like temporarily in, invulnerable. So that's what you have to do. You have to sort of like you know if if danger is coming, you you got to quickly dance so you can get through it. Um, but um, but yeah, so so like there's there's just like there's just spots that just intentionally try to kill you, and it, it's like it's like ah oh, come on game like. <laughs> give, me, give, give me a break here um the last thing that i have here on, on my downsize and, and man this is like a frustrating element is that anytime you get hit in the game you get knocked back so like like i mentioned before if you're like on that magic carpet you get hit by a fireball 
you and I, and I, like a lot of other games, you just like you lose a health, but you don't get knocked back. You can still stay on on this magic carpet and, and continue on. But in this game, you actually get knocked back. So like you'll go flying off the platform, and you know almost every time you'll fall into a bottomless pit and die. Right. So that that happens all the time. There's so many like tight platforming segments, and they'll be like an enemy will just swoop by and like clip your your little peg leg. And then you're like, oh man, then you get knocked back and you go flying. So, um, so yeah, I, I must have died a hundred times at least from like knockbacks that, that were just so frustrating. And uh, yeah, I guess like overall, those are my, my thoughts on the game. I think I'm ready to give this game a score. In terms of a final score out of 10, uh, what would you give uh, Prinny 1? Uh, out of 10. Yeah, so good Good thing you mentioned Pretty 1. I've actually got Pretty 2 that I'm going to be playing and, and reviewing in the, in the next episode, so like, pay, stay tuned for my thoughts on that. But for Pretty 1, I thought overall it was pretty good. I am I gave it a 7 out of 10. It's not the not the highest, but not not the worst. It's kind of, kind of you know, it's up there in the, in the scores. Um, I, I think that's, uh, like, what I can say is that if you like Disgaea, you should definitely check this out because it's got the same humor. It's you're gonna you're gonna want to revisit this world and play it so definitely if you like that and then also if you're looking for a really challenging game then then you know check it out right but just you know my my forewarning with this game is be prepared to to get frustrated because being frustrated is all part of this game you're gonna lose hundreds <laughs> of lives <laughs> All right, I think on that note, it's, uh, yeah, time to call it for this episode. Get ready to die a lot. <laughs> All right, so that's game over for this episode. I'm Dapper Tux. And I'm Next Gen Player. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at DownToPlayCast. And you can also catch us on our personal Twitter accounts, as well as Instagram at Dapper underscore Tux and at Next Gen Player. We are always down to play.